It's no secret that a ton of Hollywood celebrities from Sylvester Stallone to Suzanne Somers and athletes pay thousands of dollars a month for these anti-aging HGH injections. But not only are human growth hormone injections prohibitively expensive, they can also screw up your body's natural HGH production and may lead to more serious health problems down the line. This is where BioPro comes in. BioPro is the faster, safer, easier, non-synthetic alternative to HGH therapy. These guys have developed cutting edge technology that delivers the benefits of HGH without the downsides of synthetic injections. This stuff helps with your metabolism, insulin sensitivity, libido. It helps with muscle development, fat loss, athletic performance, recovery, VO2 max, power, speed. It's fucking magic. It helps with almost everything. What I love about this stuff, I look and feel younger on it. So go to bioproteintech.com dot com and use coupon code biohacks and it will save you $30 off your first month's supply. That's B-I-O-P-R-O-T-E-I-N-T-E-C-H dot com and enter discount code biohacks to save. This is your life and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot Everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Dr. Joseph Anton, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Hey, Anthony, thanks for having me. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll change somebody's life today. I think so. We're going to go deep on fasting and a lot of the confusion that exists around fasting, where people get hung up, and some of the reasons that Fasting can be beneficial in terms of increasing health span, overcoming ch health challenges, and and doing so naturally, without yeah. uh, without the use of of drugs and other things. Yeah. Well, before we get into all of that, maybe you could give a little bit of your background and backstory for our listeners who might not be familiar with your work. Yeah. So um, I started my professional life. I wanted to be a physician. And my passion was to help patients, um, you know, cure patients out of their disease and, and do some prevention as well. And then I went to med school and, you know, as most doctors, we get trained heavily into seeing people after they're sick. That was my first complaint, if you want. Uh, and this was one of the main reasons why I ended up leaving after graduating from med school and wanting to go more into lifestyle medicine. But I was like shocked that everything starts with, symptom, which means you're already sick, which means in most cases, we're too late to intervene. Mm -hmm. And then we were trained that, you know, most solutions for any issue is either a surgery or medicine. And they trained us with how to qualify a patient for either. Um, I wanted to be a cardiologist and doing my rotations. Um, I did, I did some of them at National at Harvard and, 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 you know, I, I just, I just felt that I'm being taught to prescribe a pill for hypertension. Um, and, and you got to take it for the rest of your life. There was no, it's not like you start today and then, you know, at day 46, probably you'll be done, come back and we'll, be, we'll close the chapter five, but there's just one pill a day. That's the prescription. Mm -hmm. And I always ask my attendings, like, if, if this works, why do they need to refill it? And that was my biggest question. Uh, you know, and I was a rebel, uh, anyhow, by design, if you want, and then a pill for cholesterol and a pill for the blood sugar and a pill and an aspirin or a baby aspirin. What you know, it was it was just a handful of of, of pills that they had to take them. 
for the rest of their life. And I was like, I don't want to be the ophthalmologist. And although I super respect the, uh, the discipline and definitely, um, you know, we should have that discipline and definitely we should treat people in need with medicine. But all medicine should not just be a subscription on pills for the rest of your life. So let me clarify this point. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, so I thought I would leave and I would go and do health policy and public health to, to build, to advocate for healthcare systems that prevent rather than just treat late, if you want. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And so I did my uh, studies at Harvard and Hopkins. And, and then I did a PhD in, in system reform. And um, I was so excited to start a career in helping governments to reform the healthcare system, which I, I did in multiple countries around the world. And then you hit a wall there because prevention has never been productized. So, so basically, you're telling people to eat healthy. Everyone knows that today. You're telling them to stop smoking. They know that today, but if they're stressed, they're going to smoke. You're telling them to stop drinking you know, alcohol, but if they're in a party and, or like it, they're going to do that. If they're stressed, they're going to exercise. You ask them to exercise, like everyone knows that, right? So it's, yeah. it's prevention, you got to make it to, for, to succeed. You got to do three things to really change prevention. Everyone moves based on financial incentives. So you got to put the right financial incentives which don't, which don't exist today. You got to make it easy. You know, the, the easy choice should be the healthy choice. You know, when you're standing in line at, at Target waiting for it to pay and you look at this stand there and you have chocolates and you have whatever, it is, it, it's the easy choice when waiting is to grab a chocolate or an extra bag of chips instead of an apple or a banana or whatever, you know, any fruit or vegetable to have mm-hmm. there. So you got to make the easy choice is the healthy one. And then number so financial easy choice and number three, productization People like to consume if we were somehow we're built to to consume. So uh, if you put a burger in front of me and then if you don't compete with it with another delicious, healthy product, I'm going to go for that burger. And that's the mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to forget if, if there's no product, it's only recommendation. I know I should not eat that burger. You told me I know I should exercise, but it has to compete with a better, healthier product. And this is what we was missing. So. So I've enjoyed my way there, but then started thinking about how can we productize and build the right incentive for people to do more prevention. One day I meet a CEO of a healthy aging institute, the Buck Institute for Research on Aging, an amazing institution that does only aging research up in California and in, in, in San Francisco, Marion County. And, and through him, I learned something that changed my life. He said... He told me one time, you guys, meaning he was talking about mainstream medicine and, 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 and how, we, how we designed healthcare, said, you get it all wrong. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, you think cancer is different than cardiovascular disease, is different than Alzheimer's, is different than diabetes, they're all the same. I'm like, what do you mean they're all the same? They're completely different. Different doctors, different pathways, different diagnoses. Different. He's like, if they were independent completely and they're not, they're not, same route, and, and for him, it was all about aging. Why you don't get Alzheimer's, even if you have the APOE gene, why you don't get it at age 22? You still get it at age 80. Mm-hmm. Why you don't get your first heart attack at age 24? Mm-hmm. Why you don't get most cancers at age 17? Why you don't get, why you don't get your diabetes type 2 first diagnosed at age 23, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they all happen at later stage of life. Therefore, they're just the symptoms of aging. Yes, you can accelerate the onset if you have an unhealthy lifestyle, if you have genetic predisposition, if the environment is not healthy around you, if you're stressed. 
So there's an acceleration of the onset, but the main cause of all these diseases is really a process of aging. Mm -hmm. And and 90% of us will die of one of these four diseases, cardiovascular, diabetes, cancer, and Alzheimer's. So Mm -hmm. the 90% of our killers are tied to us being old, and therefore the healthcare system should focus on keeping people biologically younger. Mm-hmm. And that concept never existed in prevention and in, 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 in public health. So if I'm 50 um, and you keep me inside biologically at 45, you basically gave me five years of healthy biological aging, which probably is going to be the best thing you can do to my life to keep me away from my Alzheimer's or for first heart attack. A better example, let's say I'm 70, right? I'm 70, about to have a heart attack or about to be diagnosed with a little bit of dementia here and there or, or a cancer onset. But if you keep me inside at 60, this is what matters if my cells are 60 year old, years old. You just gave me a good extra thing. You said biological, not chronological, but biological. So that changed my entire focus and passion in healthcare. I found, I found a solution. I think the unit of measurement of health should be biological aging. Mm-hmm. And then we should go and focus on how to slow down. And in an ideal situation, how can we reverse aging? If you can do that biologically and create a delta between chronological and biological age, that's the best gift you can give to humanity, healthy years of life. And that became my passion. And I started going uh, you know, on, and meeting all the aging researchers I never knew it was a discipline. Now, obviously, it's, it's, uh, we're talking now 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot of longevity in aging labs. And I started meeting all the researchers in aging, and a lot of them were mentioning Professor Walter Longo, who's the head of the Longevity Institute at the University of Southern California, and his work on fasting. And it was like, how can fasting, you know, improve aging? Well, it seems there are two major, and we'll talk a lot about that, but just to summarize it, when you fast, you lose weight, and there's a lot of metabolic benefits from that. And then there's another impact, which is very unique on biological age, is that it's a crisis when you fast. So the body tells the cells to rejuvenate, to survive. And again, we talked a lot about that. And there was the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2016. And physiology was on autophagy, the, the process of cellular rejuvenation under fasting. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're helping metabolically lose weight and all the downstream benefits, hypertension and sugar and, and, and you know, cholesterol and all of that. But at the same time, you're pushing the cells to rejuvenate. So maybe you're slowing down the aging or maybe reversing the biological aging. And that to me was the first intervention I met, at least in my, in my professional life, that I trusted at that time. And I still now have much more confidence in it that it can slow down or reverse your biological age and therefore giving you the gift of potentially extra years of healthy life. So, um, yeah, I asked to meet Dr. Longo. Um, again, he would, he's the head of USC's Longevity Institute. We met back up at, at, in San Francisco at the Buck Institute for Research on Aging. The CEO there, you know, put us together. It was it was a marriage of, of passion for me to bring the first aging product to the market, and Dr. Longo's vision how to use fasting to for longevity, but also for potentially better disease management. And and he had developed the fasting mimicking diet because um, we'll talk more about that. You need to fast for five days to get the cellular benefits. You know, three to five days is the period that you need to put the cells into a long enough stress to rejuvenate. And it's difficult to fast on water and not safe actually to do a five-day water fast for most people and so difficult to comply with. 
the National Institute of Health, seeing the results of fasting and longevity and different health condition, they actually funded the development of the fasting mimicking diet, a food program that can help you fast with food, so it helps you make it a nourished fast rather than a starvation fast. Um, and Dr. Logo was ready with that technology to fasting mimicking nutrition and and being tested for different health condition and wanting to launch it in the market. So it was a marriage of me wanting to bring to market a product. And again, in this case, the first product in fasting, the fasting mimicking nutrition and his vision and, and discoveries um, behind the fasting and the benefits. And, um, and he donates everything he does back. So 44% of the company we have today, the fasting mimicking diet company, the Belutra, is all donated back to the Create Cures Foundation and other foundations. So I found it to be a very noble cause, very high science behind a nutritional program, which is what we lack. That's another problem we have in medicine and nutrition is the lack of true, credible science behind what we eat, right? Mm -hmm. why, why there's a huge confusion today into, oh, what is the best diet? What is the best food I could eat? One day eat avocado, one day eat almonds, one day eat fruits, one day eat, they eat vegetables because... There's no true evidence-based uh, randomized clinical trials being vested by the big nutrition companies behind products because they're, they're afraid of exposing their products. Mm -hmm. This is what it is. Yeah. Um, and at Alutra here, and with Dr. Longo, we actually have 24 randomized clinical trials behind our products. We're not afraid about going against the best medicine or the best nutrition out there um, and, and showing superiority or at least, you know, equality to, to the best intervention. So, um, I got passionate about it and I decided to join as a CEO and launch the first product and fasting. We call it Prolongin and pretty sure we'll talk more about that. Awesome. Awesome. I'm, I'm curious. I want to kind of go in chronological order because we open up a lot of, can of wor cans of worms there. Um, when you were in, in healthcare reform, you said you hit a wall. Can you describe that wall in a little bit more detail? And because I would imagine that that could be quite challenging, especially when, you know, when when the the monetization of healthcare is quite quite obvious to all of us. Yeah. Well, the the, the wall that we hit is that, that I hit actually is when you advise ministries of health and healthcare systems to be more preventive. There's nothing now new about that, right? Everyone knows prevention is better than you know spending money on on people sick. Mm -hmm. But the wall is how you how you would implement it. How would you? It's it's prevention today is a set of education awareness about eat healthy, exercise less, don't exercise more, don't smoke. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a set of recommendation that basically what I discovered, if not productized, or if not if there's no financial incentives for people to do those and save money or earn money or something, mm -hmm. then then you still lose towards a great looking pizza or snacking at night or getting your Uber Eats at 11 p.m. It, it has to, it, it's not enough to educate. It's a, it's a major pillar you have to educate and actually should start even at school. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of probably time wasted on, on, on things at school that are they're not useful, as useful in life, let's say it this way, right. as nutrition and, and longevity. But I thought that there's limitation if you want to awareness. We are driven by short-term impulses, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, if you're tired at night coming after work, you, you're just not going to get up and go and drive to your gym. But if you had a healthy alley down, down with nice music and you're incentivized to decrease your premium with your insurance, mm -hmm. if you exercise and your BMI drop, then you're going to take that walk. 
Mm. But that's not happening. What's happening is, oh, you need to exercise. It is. And a big confusion is not a lot of heavy science behind lifestyle medicine and, life and longevity. So mm-hmm. what should I eat? I mean, we can bring 10, 10 nutritionists today and ask them, what should I eat to live long? Each one will give you a different prescription. Mm-hmm. So this is when I hit the first wall is, is, longe- is prevention was not neither consumerized, nor well incentivized, nor well explained. The other wall is the decision makers, the budget holders, insurance or or the ministries of health, the head of the health systems, you know, at the end of the day, it's a political appointment. And and if you have a budget for this year and you spend a big chunk of it in prevention, which you don't see results in this year or next, avoiding having a disease is not something people would vote for. Mm-hmm. The voter is going to be the guy whose father, father needed a surgery, we call it cabbage or a right. surgery tomorrow and you help him. Yeah. It's better voter, that's a better support. So there's the political aspect of, you know, decision makers want to invest in solving today's problems so that they mm-hmm. get voted and voted again. They see results right away rather than investing in a system that prevents and you don't see the results of, uh, you know, today or in five or 10 years. That makes a lot of sense. And then you'd sort of talked about the the benefits of fasting as it pertains to becoming biologically younger. And I'm curious, like, after all the research and the science that you've looked over, what do you consider to be the most reliable indicators of biological age? Because there are a lot and there's there's also a great deal of nonsense science around it, especially yeah. when you find out how some of these companies that are calculating biological age are doing so. Yeah. So I'm yeah. curious, what are, what are the indicators that you guys look yeah. for and you feel that are most scientifically valid? Yeah, I, I, think, I think you touched on one of the most important questions in longevity today. And, and if that discipline, <clears throat> the discipline of aging and technology to slow down aging is, is growing super fast, right? And, and it's funded by big VCs in healthcare and, and actually big ultra network, not health, uh, ultra network individuals because they want to live longer, you know, uh, all of us. So I think, I think statistics show that in the last two years, there were $800 billion invested in technologies for aging and longevity. Mm. The issue we're all facing is how you quantify that. Mm-hmm. And, and even the FDA and the, and, and the FCC and the regulators, they're like, okay, wait a second. Is First of all, the FDA does not recognize aging as a disease, so they're fine talking about aging. But then when you go to the FCC and the regulator and the other regulator, but you're like, wait a second, how can we quantify aging? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can, you can exercise for one week, lose a little bit of weight, and there are tests out there that we can do to you and they're going to show that you reverse your biological age. Mm-hmm. And there are very sensitive, low-hanging fruit tests. Is you know, less sensitive, and then you have the difficult, you know, the methylation and the other tests. Oh, then there, there are many, they're just spreading pretty fast now. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there are a couple of maybe most credible ones. The Horvath clock is very credible. And I don't know, people know less about Morgan Levin biological age test. It was developed by USC and, and Yale, was published two, three times now. It's, it's not a genetic, nor a DNA, nor a methylation test. It's mainly a blood test that looks at, you know, five blood metrics, the CRP, inflammation, so the, the IGF, the um, uh, cholesterol, um, albumin, and alkaline phosphorase. So it's, it's, a, it's more of a metabolic test. It's probably the only metabolic one. But she was able to develop an aging score coming out of it because we have the NHANE study, a government-sponsored study that's now going for 20 years. It's an observational 20-year study and then you have blood, they withdraw blood from the participants, 9,000 plus participants. 
So you have enough data, chronological data from blood metrics. And what Morgan did, or USC Neil did, they took all this data, and, they, and every individual that you followed for 20 years, some developed cancer, some developed Alzheimer's, some are still healthy, some died. So, but you have enough big aggregate data they were able to bring back and, and define a regression analysis with each input, you know, what's the input of CRP on age and pre prevention of disease and, and, and cholesterol and, and the other metrics that I mentioned. So there, it's a metabolic healthy aging or aging score um, that, that we trust. So, so, but still there's no one gold standard what I'm trying to say. It's not there's an official, you know, uh, test like cholesterol test or triglyceride test that one test for biological aging. But we need that because, again, I was one of the first historically to say biological age should be the unit measurement of health system. Literally, health system should publish how many people, how many, what's the biological age of a population, mm -hmm. how they can improve it next year, and how can decrease it, right? Because that's the only way to keep people healthy. Well, it's mm -hmm. the, not the only way, but the most effective way, I'm trying to say, um, and the best predictor of you developing one of the four killers that are killing 90% of us. Right, so we're done with infections. Although we're we're in COVID, but still, you know, with all the the media that COVID got, it doesn't kill. It's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of how many people die from diabetes mm -hmm. or from cancer. Right. Um, so, still, chronic disease are the big burden of disease today. And uh, biological age, as I mentioned, you're not going to get your Alzheimer's at age 20, and most of your cancers at age 22. That's that's what I was just about to mention. The some of the biggest systems in the body and potential markers of biological age, we've got like the health of the brain and nervous system. There's not really a good standardized test for measuring that to even look at like neurodegeneration. There's, there's, there's no clear markers. We've got the immune system where, yeah, you can look at white blood cells and lymphocytes and different, different markers, but there's also, it's a little bit, abstract and then you know mitochondrial function and even if you wanted to get into like the electricity in the body and look at the body as, as it from from the perspective of it being a battery and the redox potential uh, of the body which which you know you could extrapolate has a huge impact on health and yeah. our ability to regenerate we have no ways of measuring any of those things and yet they're yeah. they're huge components of human health yeah. which which makes me feel like we're just scratching the surface yeah. with all this stuff but what I can tell you, Anthony, is, again, you chopped it down into sub. What I can tell you is you had a better neurological function five years ago, mm -hmm. is that you had better functioning mitochondria five years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. And you had a better brain learning cap capability five years ago, right? Yeah. And you had a better skin five years ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so what we're saying is you're right, but all these, it's the same thing, mistake within the medicine is we we think everything is separate, and they are. I mean, you know, you'd rather have a pill to drop cholesterol, even if it's not dropping your aging. But this is medicine has done what's possible with impossible. But mm -hmm. we got to go back and think. Well, there's an upstream intervention. Mm -hmm. If I help myself stay younger, this mm -hmm. is where exercise come in. The most biggest benefit this is where stressing less. This is where happiness in our daily life mm -hmm. this is when better sleep, and this is where nutrition and at the core of it is fasting can help you with, you know, enhancing the quality of your aging process if you want from that standpoint. And yeah. therefore, the downstream benefit is on every system and every organ. 
Yeah, yeah, I like that. It, it, it is uh, a more holistic approach, if you will. I know that word gets overused and has a lot of context. Um, so let's talk about fasting. I mean, how has your research on fasting impacted your perspective on the three meal a day template? Yeah, well, I wish it was three meal. Right? Remember in the 90s, in, in nutrition, they were the theater of five to six meals, right? Yeah. It's five to six small meals a day, which, yeah. uh, which a lot of bodybuilders do actually right. talk about this. Yeah. So, so I just want to clarify for, for your audience, because there's a, there's a big confusion on fasting. What is fasting, right? What is, what, how, how do you define fasting? Because how come we can fast on water, fast with bone broth or juice, and fast with food now, the fasting mimic nutrition? And then what are the types of fasting and, and the benefits? So let's quickly kind of, you know, put that to rest, because this is the number one question I get uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of confusion. So... So we divide in general, you know, the definition of fasting. You have the pu- the, 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 the mainstream, you know, understood definition. Fasting is I don't eat food, right? Um, and some say no water. Some say with, with water. Definitely drink water. I mean, that's the last thing you want to do is, is, is take a risk on your life, which is uh, uh, water is, 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 uh, just helps uh, in so many ways the body deal with fasting and be hydrated. So definitely don't do a dry fast. Um, I don't know what a the added advantage of a dry fast, and I don't, I haven't seen any randomized clinical trial or any true science behind any of that. Uh, but just let's go with, you know, fasting as a definition of no food plus or minus no water. Mm-hmm. There's a second definition, which is more of a metabolic one, which is okay. You know, uh, fasting is when your body starts producing ketones, meaning there's a deficit, there's a deficit of a kind. So you ate a little bit, but you but you ran a marathon of you know. 30 miles and, and your body, the deficit was so high that still your body went and tapped into the fat and, and, and chopped it into ketones or you know, fatty acids. So there's another definition, which is, you know, is your body producing, you know, tapping into fat and transforming fat into, into ketone bodies. And therefore you are fasting. There's a big deficit in the body. Mm-hmm. There's a third definition, which is more introduced by us, if you want, as a, as a company and, and by USC and Professor Walter Longo is, is a molecular fast, meaning you can still, the, the molecular fast, meaning you are potentially eating, but your cells are not getting satisfied and they're still in a fasting mode. And, and let me give you, and so, so the cell has, you know, processes carbs and, and proteins and has sensors for, 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 you know, hormones as well, you know, IGF and others. And they send signals of there's food or there's no food to the cell. The PKA pathway, the RAS pathway, the mTOR pathway for proteins, right? So there are pathways where the cell set detects, like radars, we call them nutrient-sensing pathways. Mm-hmm. Very important for biohackers, because if you don't trigger these pathways enough, the cell doesn't know that it's fasting, that it doesn't know that it's being fed enough and therefore stays in the fasting mode and goes into autophagy. Mm-hmm. So to give you an example... I'm going to compare the body to a company and say a body who needs 1,600 calories, say you're the CEO of a company and you need a $1.6 million, say, dollars a month to operate this company. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the fasting applied to this company is like you come to the CEO, the first definition of fasting, you say, I'm giving you zero money out of your $1.6 million. You're mm-hmm. putting him into a big, you know, zero, zero revenue kind of state. Mm-hmm. The second definition is like you're giving him a little bit maybe of money, but you're 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 accelerating the burn rate of the company. You're spending so much money that the deficit is so high 
and therefore that CEO feels the pain of the expenditure, not the revenue, and goes into a fasting-like mode. The third definition, the molecular one, and which is the one we follow and we develop the fasting and became nutrition-based on it, is you tell them, okay, you need 1.6 million, I'm going to give you $900,000, million. And, and by the way, I want to earmark the $1 million to you paying HR to keep the, the employees because that's important for the business, that's healthy for the body when you nourish the body in fasting, and to order your supplies so that you have sales next month and the company is healthy and surviving. Mm-hmm. So, so that CEO took a million, but earmarked it around where he wanted potentially to spend it, and he gave it to the essentials of this company, and then he still has a deficit of purely 800,000, but effectively 1.8 million because he couldn't use it on sales, on marketing, on other stuff that he needed the money for. Mm-hmm. And this is how the fasting, mimicking nutrition technology we developed work. It gives you 1,100 calories on day one. It's a five-day only nutrition program, mm-hmm. um, not a daily one, just five days. First day, 1,100, and then 800 calories the remaining days. Mm-hmm. And they're designed... The ingredients, we have 77 ingredients, they're carefully designed. We're talking here over $40 million in R&D and, and 24 universities testing the formulation and 15 years of science behind it. They're tested to nourish. So give me the $1 million, give me some money because I need to survive. And they're earmarked to make fasting safe and compliant and help your body go through it in a positive way and a nourish fast rather than starvation fast. Yet you keep the deficit at the cellular level, you don't trigger enough the tour pathway, the PK, the rest pathway, and therefore you get autophagy and cellular rejuvenation still as a result. That makes a lot of sense. And it has some parallels to when, like in the physique enhancement community or even the bodybuilding community, when when they're cutting or trying to lose weight and lean yes. out, they, the aim is to go into, they call it like an energy deficit or a, or yes. a caloric deficit if you, yes. if you subscribe to, to, to that model. And the difference here, what I'm hearing is this is a calculated deficit. And on top of that, there has been a lot of care and attention attention given to making sure in that deficit the body is still receiving the nourishment that it requires. Exactly. I mean, that's there's and there's a lot of secrets. I mean, we have 371 five patents on this technology, um, and there's a lot of secrets into because we like it, it's like you said. There's a certain level of calorie deficit, but a lot is played on the ingredients, mm-hmm. and we look at what to eat in the morning. In the morning, you have different cortisol and insulin than the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. What to eat before you sleep, this is where you muscle recover. And we have a fully issued patent and randomized clinical trials on protecting lean body mass. People think, oh, if I do prolong the five-day fasting nutrition, am I depriving my body from protein? Am I going to lose muscle? And actually, we're probably the only diet proven to preserve relative lean body mass and fast muscle function. It was published already um, because we know what to do at night in the last meal. Mm-hmm. When, again, remember fasting has a calorie deficit and has a stress component, and that stress is inducing a lot of positive protection. And when you stress the body growth hormone increase during fasting, which doesn't increase the protein on the diet, mm-hmm. the body is telling the muscle to grow. You feed before sleeping that muscle with the fasting with nutrition, and you see preservation of lean body mass. After five days of prolon, if you go and eat a little bit higher protein diet, we see a lot of athletes, they play this trick. And since we're talking on your biohacking, you know, secrets, I'm going to give you a big secret. 
I cannot reveal names, but a lot of big NBA players, NFL players, NHL players, um, cyclists, Olympian cyclists, they actually do prolon followed by a protein diet. Mm. Um, they get the muscle rejuvenated, the body rejuvenated without losing. They cut the fat, they're not cutting muscle, and then they, they bank on the cellular rejuvenation by feeding with, with protein, and they they are actually doing uh, enhancing the performance with that lifestyle. Fascinating. So you're essentially using the prolon fast to increase IGF-1 and, and through that pathway growth hormone. And then when you finish the five-day fast and those pathways have been activated, you're consuming protein to then rebuild muscle at an accelerated rate? Yeah, uh, you said it right, except one one correction. When you do prolon, the IGF is slow because IGF is triggered either by growth hormone or by food, right? Mm-hmm. Now, no. Prolin is low protein, low carb, so that the cell does not recognize it, but it's only five days. Mm-hmm. But the muscle doesn't get damaged with that environment because you're feeding, you're giving the plant-based protein, you're giving the carbs that the muscle needs, mm-hmm. and you're creating that stress. Fasting acts by stress, not by just calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. Stress hormones, part of the stress hormones is the growth hormone. So so you have growth hormone increasing, um, and, then, and then the muscle is doing rejuvenation, and then you're cutting a lot of fat. This is what this, so, so basically we're... In any caloric deficit mode, the body taps into muscle and fat, mm-hmm. right? Now, when you fast, the body doesn't tap into muscle, taps more into fat. And why is that so? Think about what all sculpture by nature, by nature for hundreds of thousands of years. So imagine what, why we go into ketosis when you fast. It was the only way to survive. So if you're walking in nature 50,000 years ago, you know, the only food you, know, you can find is a natural source of food that you have to walk and see. Mm-hmm. So if there's no food, what the body has evolved to do is I cut the reservoir, the fat, and I turn the ketone to nourish the brain. It, the main purpose of ketones is to keep the brain up because otherwise you would faint and we as a, as a, as a, as a human race will be exterminated. And the other thing you, you need, so you need a brain that's, that's up to keep looking for food mm-hmm. and you need a, a musculoskeletal system that's protected. Otherwise you get weakened and you, and you fall down as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the body knows under fasting to utilize the stress of fasting to keep growth hormone up, muscle tone up, rejuvenation in the muscle as well, and taps mainly into fat and try as much as possible to protect the muscle. That's very important because any other diet, we went, we did a clinical trial against the Mediterranean diet, mm-hmm. and you lose 1.7 pounds in four months of Mediterranean diet. Mm-hmm. Any low-calorie diet, the body taps into fat and muscle. It was muscle. Mm-hmm. This is why traditionally, oh, you want to get muscle, you do a diet that's high in protein, you go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Why you have to do those? Because you need to protect the muscle. Except when you do the fasting mimicking technology and or prolon, what we've seen in two trials now is that one of them was on male athlete is muscle protection. We had it, why we did the trials? Because we had big anecdotal data, a lot of big players, and I was fascinated in the early days, like how... And we ask people not to exercise during prolon. So how these big, had a lot of trainers coming to our office saying, I tried prolon, I did protein after, and my client is beyond anything I've seen before in performance. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. And, but it was like, you know, maybe they're not big muscular, that, that's okay. Then, and, but then professional athletes start doing that. And this is where we got the question and went and we did the trial on, uh, on, uh, on, uh, on male athletes. Um, and it was published in the Journal of uh, European Journal of, of, of Physiology, showing lean muscle protection. And then we did another trial against the training diet. We also showed lean muscle protection 
why Mediterranean diet showed, you know, a loss of muscle. Mm. And, and just to conclude this idea, it, this is very important because all of us, we start a diet, one day we go off that diet, right? So the problem is that cyclicity is not that healthy because you're losing muscle, then when you eat again, you decrease your metabolic rate. Mm -hmm. Then when you go back and, and you default on your diet, you go back to normal foods, like, why did I gain weight so fast? Mm -hmm. Because you have a lower metabolic rate and you're apt to store faster in fat. Mm -hmm. Then you go say, get to restart another diet. You restart another diet, you lose more muscle. And then, you, then when you go off, you gain more fat. And this is why obesity and diabetes also partially not being resolved. It's just metabolic rate. Of, it's not just calorie in, calorie out. It's mm -hmm. how fast you can burn. And muscle protection is critical in that, in that sense. That's why we like fasting. And in fasting mimic nutrition, you're cutting more fat and you're protecting performance and muscle function. Yeah, fascinating. That makes sense. Adrenaline dominance is a hormonal imbalance that causes overactivation of the stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol. That stress can come from sleep issues, too much fasting, not eating enough carbs or calories, poor digestion, food sensitivities, chemicals and toxins, wireless electrical pollution, drugs, dehydration, infections, or just the insanity of everything going on in the world today. And left to their own devices, any combination of these could throw your body into a state of imbalance. But fortunately, we're extremely resilient creatures and we were given adrenal glands to help neutralize the negative effects of stress. But here's the problem. When we get exposed to chronically high levels of stress, our adrenals can get burned out and they stop making stress neutralizing hormones the way that they're supposed to. And when these cortical hormones start running out or getting burned out, the emergency hormones of the medulla like adrenaline start to take over. And that's where we get a condition like adrenaline dominance. Adrenaline makes you feel overwhelmed, tense, anxious. It increases your respiratory rate, your heart rate, makes you feel wired but tired. It decreases circulation and it raises blood pressure. So essentially it puts you into a state of chronic fight or flight. And your body physiologically feels like you're in constant danger, even when you logically know that you're not. Now, over time, this adrenaline dominance can lead to mood fluctuations, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, ADHD, digestive problems, alcohol and drug abuse, low libido, chronic fatigue, and more. So what's the solution? We have to restore healthy adrenal function. This is not something that's done just by taking some adrenal supplement containing adaptogens. We do this by running the right labs to figure out where your stress is coming from so that we can get you out of fight or flight and back to feeling normal. What we do then is we optimize the way that you eat, train, work, and sleep to de-stress your life and allow your adrenals to come back online. And it's personalized based on your labs, your age, your gender, etc. If you feel like you're struggling with adrenaline dominance and you want help, book a free strategy session by going to biohackercoaching.com now and grab a time for us to talk. So what made you guys decide on on five days? There's so many different types of fasting out there. There's there's people that do intermittent fasting, like the six, 16 hours off, eight hour feeding window. There's versions where it's 18 hours off, six hour feeding window. Some people will just do a 24 hour fast once a week. There's yeah. all these different variations. And I'm kind of curious after, after yeah. looking at those, what you guys saw and why you settled on five. Yeah. So, so we consider there are two general types of fasting. Intermittent fasting, which is anything below two days. And I'll talk why two days. 
and then prolonged or periodic fasting, which is anything above two days. Why that two days cut? And that's not an absolute cut. It depends on the body, the BMI, the metabolic rate. But, but most people by day two, day one and a half, day three, 2.5 days is when their body is saying, hey, the first two days I was able to use, I have, I have reserves. I have glycogen, I have fat, and I have my liver that can do neoglucogenesis, can produce new, new, new calories and dump them into the body. So there's three ways you can defend against calorie deficit. The fat, the neoglucogenesis from the liver, and then glycogen that is stored across your body, right? Mm-hmm. That's enough for the first day or two for most people before the body says, I'm in the next phase of crisis. I'm going to tell the cells now, sorry, I'm not, getting, I'm not getting food from the outside. The reserves, the bank reserves are getting depleted. Now you're going to search for food inside the cell. Mm-hmm. Go eat the, the extra debris. The, the, the leftovers, let the lysosome digest more of the of the of the you know microorganisms. So this is where autophagy starts. This is where cellular rejuvenation starts. It's basically the body saying to the cell, sorry, no outside food, no inside reserve. Now you get a look inside and autophagy is self-eat, auto self-phagy is eating. So this is when the body after day two, again for some people it's day and a half, some people two, two point five. Uh, but for most of us around that period. And this is when we hear the prolongers, most people doing prolong on day two or three, they say, these were the two days where I felt something, something is going wrong in my body. And this is exactly when you're shifting into the next phase of deficit and the cells starting rejuvenating uh, there. So, so it's an important disti- the, the distinction because intermittent fasting, you've been doing 16 hours, most, you know, within intermittent fasting, you have circadian fasting, 12 hours, you follow day and night. So you only fast for 12 hours, which... We recommend very highly. It's one of the biggest trends that the centenarians, people living 100 beyond. Mm-hmm. That's the biohacking secret today. Yeah. Because we study a lot of centenarians around the world, people living 100 beyond. One of two very common features they have. Number one, they're happy. Happy people. They live within their community. They're loved by their family. They feel they have a nest. Happiness and the sense of social capital purposefulness is maybe one of the primary points in common. Some of them eat unhealthy, some of them don't exercise, some of them. But that happiness and self of community and nest is there. And number two is actually one of the features of their nutrition is the circadian fasting. They don't snack late at night. They don't mm-hmm. like the, the sleep late. They don't like the, the, it's not a Netflix community where I'm snacking on popcorn at 11 p.m., which a lot of us, you know, end up doing in today's world, a lot of the centenarians actually are early sleepers. They, they eat dinner six, seven, then they sleep at nine, nine thirty max, and mm-hmm. then they wake up and they eat like, you know, or, or eat breakfast and move forward. So, so that circadian fasting seems to be important. And we can talk a lot about that because the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2017, nobody talks about is on the biological clock of every organ. Mm-hmm. So it's not only eating in a GI tract, it's, we don't sleep only for the brain to rest. It actually seems everybody, every organ in the body has a biological clock that follows day and night and needs to rest. And this is where probably you're, you're maximizing your performance is when you're sleeping when the sun is down and waking up with it uh, the next day. Yeah. Now, the most frequently adopted intermittent fasting pattern is a 16-8. So you skip breakfast. Circadian is 12 hours. You add four hours or five or six, and then you do the 16 or the 18. Um, in, in, it became, it became the number one 
uh, dive in the U.S. in 2019 and then 20, and then dropped to number 321, and it's number five now in 2022. And it's not dropping. It's just that, you know, a lot more people are doing with it clean eating or or calorie counting, and, and the classification classifies each one of those separate. So just lost proportionally a little bit, but still 10% of Americans today. 2022 official publication, 10% do intermittent fasting, most of whom do the the 16-8. Mm-hmm. And, and it was it was adopted because, first, it's easy to skip breakfast, especially, you know, if you're busy at, at the morning and you're going to work and all of that. And number two is like, hey, I'll lose weight, right? I'm skipping a meal. And the data shows that you would lose a little bit, not that much on the long term, because a lot of people binge eat after that or eat still a little bit uh, later before that. And then the autophagy work came in in 2016, and, and it was promoted as you would get autophagy if you do 16 or 18 hours. And a lot of people tried to push it to 20 or 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue there is that very few people get to autophagy by hour 16. Like mm-hmm. When I say very few, we don't have statistics, but we're talking like 1% or less. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit over-publicized that if you skip breakfast, hey, most of us naturally skip breakfast. We're not, we're not doing... I mean, autophagy is a process of every every day, every cell goes through renewal and that. But I'm saying spiking autophagy across the entire body from fasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people won't get any autophagy by hour 16 or 18. Or Why? Because we have the reserve. We talked about the two days cutoff. You have fat, you have glycogen, the liver quickly starts dumping, you know, also calories. So, you know, glucagon-based calories. So, so it's it's... The deficit is not, if you go four hours without food, you're not going to, the word is not crumbling and the cells are not, you know, pushed all to to it. So that's something, maybe not a positive use for a lot of listeners, but they should be aware of this because it's, it's, you don't get autophagy in most cases um, uh, by, by hour 16. Right. And and you're going to go for a full day or two or three. So, why prolongs five days? What we when we studied, most people are getting one or two or three days of autophagy when you do five days. Mm-hmm. If you stop at two days of fast, some are getting starting autophagy, some not. Day three and four, may, may, most people are in autophagy, but they just started. They 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 didn't get all the way the process. Mm-hmm. By five days, you got most people getting one or two or three days of autophagy, and this is why we decided to go to five. Now you go longer, you're starting to bankrupt the body. Right, this, mm. we, we're 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 not proponents unless you have you know a disease and you're trying to do therapeutic fasting. But we're not proponents mm-hmm. of going ten days of fast because we don't mm-hmm. see is the importance of fasting is the cyclicity as well. You fast to rejuvenate. Now the cells are primed. You don't want to go and 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 kill them, deprive them. You want to get back, you know, the funding so that they use that now that they're renewed and prosper. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Go back to the example of company that we talked about. If you have a company. You feel, you know, the CEO is a little bit spoiled. They're spending money left and right. And it's like the body overweight and eating burger all the time and, and pizzas and all that. You come in and you tell them, you know what? We're not going to give you your $1.6 million this month. Go figure out. Go cut your budget. Go fix. Go fire whomever you need to fire and optimize the system. If you, if, if, if you do that for five months, 10 months, they're going to go bankrupt. So what you want to do, you want to put these checks and balances. You come in and you say, no, no, no money this month. The, the CEO starts fixing, restructuring the company. And then now that's a lean, mean machine, you want to give it back money to grow again. Mm-hmm. And then if it grows and grows sideways again, goes back and hires aggressively and spends money left or right, then you 
bring back fasting to it mm-hmm. in, instead of just depriving the company for a long period. So when we studied a day, two, three, four, five, six, seven, etc., the five days was long enough to induce autophagy, yet short enough for reducing any bankruptcy or depletion. That makes sense. And yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think with intermittent fasting, what a lot of people experience, there could be many reasons for this, but initially there's some improvement in body composition, perhaps the 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 shift in nutrient timing and, and you know, the feeding window also comes with healthier choices just because that is, 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 yeah. an area, is an area of focus. But then it does seem like a plateau is hit. And once those results have been achieved, then it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer feeling any improvement or change or whether that's energetically or, or in terms of body composition from this. And, uh, yeah. And, and, I mean, intermittent fasting is a great, is a great intervention. Don't get me wrong. We should not be eating all the time. We should be eating, resting. So mm-hmm. fully supportive. I'm trying to clarify that this, the success of the 16 hours depends on not binge eating after. So a lot of the new data is showing that it's very successful for those who, like you said, they get inspired with not going on food and then eating less, lower portions, uh, lower sized portions, eating healthy, you know, more pescatarian or flexitarian diet in between. These are the ones that benefit the most out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the ones who binge eat after that and they try to concentrate as much food within the eating window, they're not getting as, as, as many benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, some people do it on a fast bar, um, you know, instead of skipping breakfast. If you look at the longevity studies, there's a couple of longevity studies published in Jack, the Journal of American College of Cardiology. And they show that breakfast is an important meal of the day. And that's a big debate. Should you skip breakfast mm-hmm. or should you do intermittent fasting or you should eat breakfast? Mm-hmm. And, and again, it goes back to what have you done last night? So, mm-hmm. so if, if you... What we know for sure is if you ate late at night, even if you skip breakfast, you're still worse off. And this is where the confusion is. A lot of longevity or a couple of longevity trials, they say if you skip breakfast, it's actually bad for longevity. You get higher rates of cardiovascular disease. Mm. And mainly the reason is that who skips naturally breakfast? Are the people who eat late at night? They wake up in the morning, a little bit of reflux and, and a little bit of you know, acidity, and, and, and they just try to skip breakfast and they start eating later at the day. They used to start eating later and go all the way late at night. Mm-hmm. So what we know is that intermittent fast or semi-breakfast is not going to compensate to eating late at night. It's the worst thing you can do is eating late at night. Mm-hmm. And that's the bias. So a lot of debate is, is should you skip breakfast or not. If you eat dinner uh, early on, and you wake up and you eat your breakfast. So you had your 12 hours, you had your 13 hours. I think there's no data that says this is wrong. Mm-hmm. The data is a little bit not clear on people who eat late and then they go after for 16 hours. There's a lot of negative effect from eating late. There's a lot of positive potentially effects from your fasting. And, and this is where each article is showing a different aspect of this. And there's a big debate around that. Yeah. Um, it, it certainly yeah. seems like there's there's a lot to be gained from synchronizing our food intake and our activity levels with the sun and and getting that sun exposure. So if you sort of break it down into, into three categories, you've got, you've got feeding and then you've got physical activity or exercise. And then I would even put the the third category as electrical exposure or exposure to electricity, natural and unnatural. 
And the more that those three things are synchronized with the sun, the better. And I would say that, that you know, the sun includes electricity, but you, you mentioned like the Netflix culture. We, it's, it's becoming very clear that when people are up late and, you know, they've got the TV blasted in their eyes and then they've got a Wi-Fi yes. router next to them or they're playing yes. on their phone and checking social media, all of that unnatural electricity tells our our cellular clocks that essentially it's daytime. You know, you get the cortisol spike, you get the suppression of melatonin and and and, and it, it can counteract some of the other things. So it's sort of like getting those things in line, your electrical exposure, your your physical activity and your feeding with the rising and setting of the sun. And when the sun's down, kind of cut the food, probably don't want to be working out too late, you know, for the yes. people that, that are getting home from work at 7 p.m. and then running off to the gym and, you know, working out from eight to nine. It, it, it can just throw everything else off. I fully agree. And, and again, this phenomenon of, of, um, if you want a biological clock for every organ, every organ needs to rest mm-hmm. again with the day and in, in, in the nighttime. It's not just the digestive system or it's not, it won the Nobel prize in medicine 2017. We always mm-hmm. talk about 2016 autophagy and fasting in 2017. Nobel prize was on the biological clock of the body. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just when you sleep, you rest the brain and or the muscle. It's every organ, every system needs that recovery process. Mm-hmm. And the more you interrupt it or you delay it at night by food, by light, by electricity, by Wi-Fi, by mm-hmm. exercise, there's an interruption of that entire recovery system, mm-hmm. which is probably, you know, uh, interfering with longevity. And what we, what it seems to happen is if you do the morning intermittent fasting, maybe you're, you're compensating for a fraction the food fraction and the obesity fraction, but not the other fractions. And this is why in a couple of articles that are showing that intermittent fasting is not so supportive of a longevity lifestyle, it's, if you look at them, they're observational, they're not randomized, meaning they were not designed to do intermittent fasting. They were just observed. And people who are observed that skip morning food, they're actually late-night eaters. So the true conclusion of these articles, late-night eating is worse than skipping uh, it doesn't it, it, it doesn't get fully reversed by skipping breakfast in the morning. Yeah, it's also I mean we always with our one on one clients we track everything using the aura ring and of course some some yeah. subjective measurements and the the number one thing that I've seen throw off sleep is is eating too close to bed. Yeah, and, and a lot of times people don't even recognize it, but you see a a a steep decline in either deep sleep REM sleep or both. Yes. We get the, I get a lot of uh, pe- prolongers, people doing prolong and have the ring. They send me a lot of pictures up there. It's like, this is the best we've ever been at. And then they do see at day two and three a transitional change. I mean, this is amazing. Fasting, the fasting impact on the body is, is existential, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you imagine you're running a company, you're 1.2, 1.6 million, and suddenly you have zero. You cannot pay anything, you cannot do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's existential, so you see it. It's transformational. When we talk about cells getting younger or 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 cells eating and improving, this is something really. I mean, the last trial we did on Prolon, it was on skin. We were like, can can the product be so powerful that's changing from the inside, nutrient wise? Mm-hmm. It's changing the skin because a lot of people say, tell us about that. Mm-hmm. And we did a randomized clinical trial, and it's showing statistically significant major difference on the skin. Mm-hmm. The radiance, the glowness, the the the, the, the wrinkling of the skin, and all of that. 
It's all cells. When you put your body in fasting, every cell, including the skin, including every cell, is going through that process. Mm-hmm. It's a way high upstream intervention that's fixing a lot of downstream uh, things related with aging or with you know eating unhealthy diets and having unhealthy uh, you know uh, lifestyle habits. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, especially because. I mean, I see the benefits. There's so many people that want to fast, and, and but their bodies don't allow it, whether that's because, you know, they're they're overweight, they've got blood sugar issues, they've got gut issues, maybe they're dealing with, with adrenal burnout or, or HPA yeah. axis dysregulation, you know, which, which kind of ties into the circadian clock. But for any of those reasons, like, there's a lot of people that can't do even a two-day fast, but with the way that you guys do, you know, 1100 calories and the right nutrients and then 800 calories thereafter, many people could do that and then start getting some of these benefits and, and either just stick with doing prolong fasts, or if they want to explore other three and five day fasts and, and you know what I mean? That's, that's always an option too. And and prolong is only five days again per month. We don't, we don't recommend fasting for every, every, or prolonged fasting. You can do intermittent fasting every day. Mm-hmm. We even developed the fast bar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the fast bar you eat it mm-hmm. in the morning. It has a randomized clinical trial and patents, and it was published in Nutrients, one of the top nutrition journals. It's equal to water fast. So you eat the fast bar in the morning. For your water fast, you have the same glucose in the blood, and you have the same ketones in the blood. So the body doesn't know. It's the same science that we have, same ingredients. So you eat the blood in the morning, and your body doesn't even nudge on the ketosis level that you have. Um, and we published that in a randomized cycle. What's, what's, what's in there, and how many calories does it have? The bar is 200 calories. Okay. And it's the same formulation that we have for Prolon, which is high in healthy, good fat, and has a plant-based source of protein. But we're, we, again, this is 15 years of and $40 million in trials. The, the proteins are not just plant-based. It's a sequence of amino acids. This is a big secret in here. The, the amino acid sequence determine how well the body recognizes protein and spikes IGF, which then tells the cells you're eating, therefore go off fasting. Mm-hmm. So it's very important when you, when you include protein in any food and when you include carbs, is the sequence, the complexity, the timing of the day, and what you include other ingredients for absorption, for spread in the body, and for getting other cells. And and it's it's a one delicious bar, but it's uh, twenty years of research and forty million dollars behind it. You eat it, plant based source of protein, healthy good fats, complex carb, super premium macadamia based and and almonds and pecan based, so very high premium ingredients. And we have a randomized clinical trial. Look it up in Nutrients. It's one of the top nutrition journal that shows that you know blood glucose and uh, and ketones are, are are equal to water fast. Um, and why we developed it, because if you want to do intermittent fasting, if you want to skip food for, like you said, 16, 18, 20 hours, our company, one of our mission is to make fasting healthy and compliant, right? And, and yes, you're starving fat is why you lose weight. But think about it. You're starving your brain in the morning. Your brain wakes up, is, is working at the best in the morning because you're going to work, you're worried, you're thinking, your body starts walking in the morning and exercising in the morning. So cardiovascular, the heart needs nourishment. It pumps all the time. So the fast bar goal is to keep you in ketosis order and fasting mm-hmm. while nourishing the essentials organ that you don't want to deprive. You want to deprive fat, but you don't want to deprive brain and heart and kidneys and other organs. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the goal of it. You also mentioned that after the prolonged five days, you can do one days or two or three. We actually just launched the Reset, which is a one-day fasting mimicking diet. 
um, you know, the entire first batch disappeared within a few hours and we ordered the second supply and it went before it arrived. It, it's a very popular product, the Prolon Reset. It's called, it's a one-day fasting and we can diet. A lot of people, again, we don't claim autophagy on it. Autophagy is two plus days, mm-hmm. but it's a balancing product. It's what called Reset. So, you know, it's once a week, twice a week, you want to go to a full day of plant-based healthy premium ingredients suitable for that to, to mm-hmm. rebalance and, 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 and reset and reshape. Um, that's the position with that product. And and so the protocol that you guys typically recommend is a five-day fast once a month? No, um, only if so. So I'll take three profiles. If you're healthy, you're mid-age, say you're 40, you're between 30 and 45. So you're not you're not in a disease, high disease risk phase yet, right? Mm-hmm. And say you're, you know, you don't carry overweight. You just, you just want to go and rejuvenate yourselves for healthy aging. Mm-hmm. So your primary goal uh, is purely cellular rejuvenation. You can do prolon just three times or four times a year. And it takes, it takes a special company to tell you do my product just three times a year, not every day. Mm-hmm. Every nutrition company wants you to be subscribed on the diet every day. Mm-hmm. So now, and then, and, me, and then we become the healthcare system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and, but we're confident, like we're, we're we lead by science. We know the results. We know you're going to come back. So For I'm sure, not, I'm not fearful of subscribing you and, and not letting you cancel any any subscription. Exactly. Now, if you tell me, hey, I carry a little bit of weight. I'm one of the 73 percent of, of, of the US population, and and I carry some weight. I want to shed that as well. This is where I tell you, hey, do four prolongs, do once every quarter. In between prolongs, do intermittent fasting or eat a healthy pescatarian diet. Or if you want to stay with fasting, then do the fast bar in the morning and or pick a day or two in a week and do the reset, which is a one-day fasting that we can diet, mainly to maintain the weight. This is what we're talking. So you do prolong to rejuvenate and lose a lot of weight up front every quarter. And then to maintain, you can do the fast bar or the prolong reset and or any healthy diet in, in between. Mm-hmm. Now... We haven't talked about therapeutic fasting today, but what we've seen is that if you put the body in a crisis of fasting, if something going wrong, the body does not go back to the example of the company and that CEO has no money this month. Well, if he knows that he has a supply chain issue, he's going to go and start fixing supply chain. If he knows it's, it's marketing, is not doing the right job and therefore we're not selling, he goes and he tries to fix marketing. So what we saw is when you do fasting, is one of the other reasons why we go for five days is just to allow enough, not just fixing metabolism, but actually intervening at a cellular level. Mm-hmm. What we have seen is that if the body has a chronic disease, the body tries to deal with it. And so we, we have been studying fasting mimicking nutrition technology for people with diabetes, for people with cancer, for people with Alzheimer's, etc., and try to see if that metabolic and cellular reset can help then better manage their health conditions. And we have a lot of trials published already in Nature and Science on patients with cancer, on patients with uh, with uh, diabetes. And these are the pool of folks that might need to do more than once per month, at least for four to six months, mm-hmm. and then once a month to maintain. Mm-hmm. So three times a year if you're healthy and, and don't need to cut weight, four times or five times max if you want to cut weight and, and, and do the longevity. And if you have a health condition that you're trying to optimize your nutrition uh, while taking your standard treatment, then you might want to do it once a month or once every other month. To, mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. and, yeah. What last, last question before we kind of discuss, you know, where do we go from here and the best way for people to check out the things that you're working on and stay up to date with that. Um, how, like, 
what are you seeing if you can share anything from these clinical trials for people that are dealing with disease states, whether that's blood sugar dysregulation or cancer or Alzheimer's? Is there anything that you could share from like the preliminary data that you guys are, are seeing and how, yeah, how that's so, impacted by the prolon fast? So I would a little bit draw a line because when you say the, the prolon is a brand for consumers and I don't want people to confuse. I, I, as a CEO, I don't want to claim on prolon a therapeutic effect, but mm -hmm. We have a formulation of fasting mimic nutrition. It's, mm -hmm. it's different than Prolon brand. It's brands that we're testing. We're going to launch soon. Actually, we're launching end of this year the diabetes the diabetes remission regression program. Mm. So that fasting mimicking technology product, the, the five day for for diabetes management, if you want, we'll launch at the end of this year. the uh, The early data is showing that if you do six months of it, and we published that. So last month in in June. We published uh, an article. We did the trial with the uh, University of Heidelberg in Germany, one of the biggest health systems in Germany, randomized clinical trials on people with diabetes. And we went against the training trial. This is what I love about, you know, we go against medicine. We have one diabetes against medicine, and we have one, one diabetes trial against the training diet. And we showed that we reduced the need for diabetic medication by 67%. So six months of prolon, prolon only, there's no change in lifestyle in between. There's no lifestyle change. So five months, five, uh, five days per month only for six months. It was enough to lose 22 pounds to reduce medication for diabetes by 67%. That's impressive. And, uh, and so that was published. And are, are we talking uh, met, metformin, glucophage here? Yeah, whatever that individual was taking into orals. Yeah, it wasn't okay. an insulin trial, but whatever orals they were taking. Okay. And it was it was published in general in, uh, in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology. Um, and, and you can look it up. There's an unpublished article I cannot give the, the results because it's unpublished. And we went with this time against medicine. So metformin randomization, twelve month trial, and then either you do you add prolon to it or not. And what I can just tell you it was hundreds of percent increased chance in remission when you add prolon versus or the fasting and nutrition versus not. Nice work. Yeah, these will be, these are game-changing interventions. Uh, we studied cancer, we published Cancer in Nature with chemotherapy for breast cancer, with hormotherapy for breast cancer. I'm not here to say we're here to treat or cure because these are claims that by regulatory you know, definition, they're there for drugs. Look, I'm knocking I'm at your door. Say we can help. Yeah, I'm here to say that our fasting mimicking technology, nor that prolon is for these, it's for these indications. But what I'm saying is our science is studying a similar structure of five days in fasting mimicking technology, and it's helping with the remission of, or helping the patient from a nutritional standpoint, better manage their health conditions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, this is this is very That's exciting. The compliant way of, of, of really positioning it before we publish the trials and launch the, the programs as, as that. So, so end of this year, we're going with a program called the Diabetes Regression Remission Program, and it has the fasting mimicking technology, but it has a dietitian and an app and a full program to help you uh, uh, with diabetes remission regression. Next year, we're going to launch our cancer nutrition program. Super excited about that. This is how our company actually started. We were looking at fasting for cancer. Um, you know, cancer, once you have cancer, it's the fastest growing organ in the body. It just keeps replicating and then mm -hmm. goes everywhere. And you can imagine how much calorie it eats. And this is where the big mistakes happening today. Oh, we have cancer, you can lose weight. Of course, you can lose weight because cancer is eating all, 
all your nutrients. Mm-hmm. But before you get there, don't feed cancer. So when you go these high protein diets and big, you know, eat as much as you can, you're feeding cancer first and foremost. And what we have discovered is you fast cancer, and then you hit it with chemo when it's, it's, it's cancer doesn't know how to stop replicating. So when you fast cancer, it's a big crisis, big crisis mode for cancer because it needs calories, it wants to grow. Mm-hmm. And then you bring chemo and you bring hormone therapy on day four or day five, and this is where you see uh, potentially a better impact. Um, um, and that's the concept, is how our entire company started. It was water fasting for cancer. Mm. Patients couldn't do it because water fasting was difficult. Mm. The NIH saw the early results. They were like, well, let's, let us help you with our money to, um, to develop the fasting mimicking nutrition. We developed that. We started doing the cancer trials. In the meantime, we saw a lot of benefits for anyone to do the fasting mimicking diet. We developed Prolon to go to the market for most people to use for all the benefits we talked about, awaiting the clinical trials on disease because they take time on cancer and diabetes to take place. And, and Prolon has been in the market for now five years, um, over a million use, and then uh, we're about to launch the health condition, you know, remission and, and regression programs. It's very exciting. I, I'm, I'm fascinated with what you guys are doing and, and very impressed by it, and I appreciate your work. For our listeners who want to try the Prolon Fast, and experience some of these benefits. Um, what's the best way for them to go about doing that? Well, amazing. You just said it. it's prolonfast.com. Oh, <laughs> so prolonfast.com. Uh, prolonfast.com uh, or prolonfmd for fasting maybe you diet. Uh, prolonfast.com um, is, is, is the website. And um, um, I, I, I strongly recommend that uh, people try it again unless they have exclusion criteria that they cannot fast or they're, they're frail or pregnant, you know, mother mm-hmm. that, that, that should not be fasting. Otherwise, most of us um, can and, and, and potentially should try uh, fasting in our life, uh, any, different, any different kind of fasting. And this is not a new recommendation. This is, we, we are living a fat today. A lot of people ask me, is fasting one of the trends today is going to be a fat tomorrow? And, and, and 100% no. We live a fat. We eat every day, many times per day. Mm-hmm. We snack late at night. We eat in between food. We as humans never lived that prescription. Mm-hmm. Never. No. For hundreds of thousands of years, we were either eating or not eating. And, mm-hmm. and, and not eating was all the time there because we couldn't, we didn't have refrigerators. We couldn't order food at any time. There were winter times mm-hmm. where you know, food was very scarce. So this recommendation to fast is not a new idea. It's, it's science now identified how important it is not to eat. And therefore, we're trying to re-bring it back to our lifestyle, to rematch our body with what our body is supposed to do or to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, another example I give is, is with, the, with the, you know, the, the car racing industry. So I don't know if you watch uh, you know, Formula One or NASCAR or any car race. But it, is, sounds like, it sounds like there's a formula race going on behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Say, say, say you're you're you know, you're a, you're a driver and you, and you have your car and and I mean the the the, the this is the race you want to lose you want to come last the race of age you want you want to you want to stay last right and, and how can you how can you uh, stay last is is either you, you you know you you hit the brake from time to time that's intermittent fasting right this is hey let me slow down let me slow down is doing is 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 less stress sleeping better healthy lifestyle. Or you can hit the brake a bit by bit. That's intermittent fasting. 
but if you really want to rejuvenate the car and you really want to kind of you know stay behind, is you can take it to pit stop and have mm-hmm. all the mechanics coming in and one is fixing the tires, one is you know ch- checking your oil, and one is checking the other metrics. And this is what prolong. This is what periodic fasting or prolonged fasting is about. You take it, and this is when the car goes out fully rejuvenated, in better shape, can last long. And this is what we're trying to say. It's part of the process. Same thing in the computer. If you don't restart your computer every few days, it's going to get slow. Mm-hmm. And that's the restart button is, is, is fasting. So this is this is part of rematching our body with nature. It's not a new imposition, a new idea. It's just the science now finally caught up and, and identified the benefits of fasting. Yeah, it's, that's a great example. Um, guys, if you've enjoyed this interview with Dr. Joseph Anton, go to prolonfast.com or prolonfmd.com and try a five-day fast. You can even schedule three of them for this year, depending on which one of those categories you fit into. Uh, Dr. Joseph Anton, thank you so much for your time and wisdom, and we really appreciate it. This has been a great interview. Thank you, Anthony. Have a good one. You too. It's no secret that a ton of Hollywood celebrities from Sylvester Stallone to Suzanne Summers and athletes pay thousands of dollars a month for these anti-aging HGH injections. But not only are human growth hormone injections prohibitively expensive, they can also screw up your body's natural HGH production and may lead to more serious health problems down the line. This is where BioPro comes in. BioPro is the faster, safer, easier, non-synthetic alternative to HGH therapy. These guys have developed cutting edge technology that delivers the benefits of HGH without the downsides of synthetic injections. This stuff helps with your metabolism, insulin sensitivity, libido. It helps with muscle development, fat loss, athletic performance, recovery, VO2 max, power, speed. It's fucking magic. It helps with almost everything. What I love about this stuff, I look and feel younger on it. So go to bioproteintech.com and use coupon code biohacks and it will save you 30 off your first month's supply. That's B-I-O-P-R-O-T-E-I-N-T-E-C-H.com and enter discount code biohacks to save.